when you start to create a community in your area with other photographers, have editing sessions. I've learned so much from editing sessions, just being with my buddies, being with people who I know are better than me, um, and being with people who I know could use some work because you kind of get the full circle. You can teach someone who has a question for you, and you can learn someone from who's a little bit better than you. And you just share ideas, and when you have that community and you're, and you're friends with these people, people are willing to give you whatever information you need that's going to help you. You know, we're like you said, we're all human beings. We, at the core, we I think we want to help. Uh, when we're in a good state of mind and I think that's the most important thing Hello there veggie mates Welcome back to the veg talk podcast. I'm your host Matthew Davey and you just heard from this week's special guest Colin Blaney Photographer and man behind the amazing images from Colin creates We met up whilst in the San Fran area initially the plan was to shoot sunrise overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge but there was no visibility at all on that morning. The van was turned into a podcast studio once again, where I learned more about Colin's path to photography. An update from our van travels for you all. We are currently in Baja, California, Sur, which is in Mexico. It has been an amazing place to visit. No shortage of places to park for the night. Right now, we are lined up with other RVs and vans at El Tomorrow, we are getting a 14-hour ferry to mainland Mexico to continue our way to Anna's parents' place. If you are interested in following our travels online, you can subscribe to Anna's YouTube channel by searching her name, which is Anna1N, Alarcon, A-L-A-R-C-O-N. Also the same on Instagram, or follow my personal account on Instagram, which is MattXDavy, or one word. Now, for today's show. I met up with Colin in 2017 whilst on a work layover in Iceland. He was on a trip that you will actually hear about in this podcast, and we started chatting about veganism before hearing more about their trip through Iceland and the Faroe Islands. We stayed in touch, and he was a huge help in developing my skills with photography whilst absolutely crushing it himself. Colin is currently growing his Instagram following, producing incredible images traveling the USA and around the world, and also collaborating with more companies who demand his skills for their brand. If you do have a couple of spare minutes afterwards, please leave a review and rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the podcast to a wider audience, and I really do appreciate it. I love producing this show for you all, and I plan on continuing to bring you weekly episodes as I travel through Mexico and Australia. Let's get this one started, enjoy the show, and I'll catch you all afterwards. All right, we're rolling for the second podcast in Herman the Van. We're in, <laughs> or we're just north of San Francisco, I think, yep. and we're with Colin right Blaney. Bridge. Yep. I've, I've pronounced it correctly. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> the man behind Colin Creates on Instagram. If you haven't already, I definitely recommend going and following the man creates some amazing images as he's, you know, as he travels around Thank you. the West Coast and, and other parts of the world. But yeah, we've, we've got him here today. I met him in Iceland about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at Kex Hostel, still to date one of the best hostels I've stayed at around the world. Without a doubt. And I think we were in, in the dorm. Yeah. You had a friend in our dorm, I think. Uh-huh. And veganism 
Yeah. Was the thing that oh you're vegan? Yeah. Oh boom. In- instant buddies. Instant <laughs> instant friends. And um yeah, we've kind of just, you know, traded comments back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um on Instagram since so yeah love to love to have you as a guest on the pod man I'm stoked and uh, looking forward to hearing uh, yeah a little bit about you and your your story and how things are going for you so off air we were just kind of chatting about a little bit of your background Um, and I suppose that's where I want to start you know before you picked up a camera uh, and started learning you know all about photography to begin with on your own but uh, what you know? What were you? What were you doing when you were growing up? What was you know the food like on the on the table? And <laughs> I suppose how did your your switch to veganism um, come about? Yeah, so grew up here in a tiny little town outside of San Francisco, California. I guess you'd call it the suburbs. Um, grew up playing any type of sport you can imagine. You know, baseball, soccer, football, lacrosse, anything. Anything outdoors, I was doing it. Um, that was my life. School was kind of like a second, second nature. It was all about outdoors and sports, uh, which kind of is crazy because now I, to go from such a ac- active and sporty mindset to now a creative mindset, how where I'm at now, that would you'd ask me seven, eight years ago if you'd ever pick up a camera, Colin, and I would say, I think you're crazy. I don't even know what a camera is get that out of here <laughs> right yeah um was there any sport in mind that uh you wanted to kind of take to the next soccer. level soccer okay yeah i played soccer from day one and that was the kind of constant sport that i always played year in year out um was even playing for the san jose earthquakes uh academy team uh their young academy team so i was kind of on my way to playing at a call at a d1 college level you know in hopes of you know professionally as well it was definitely a thing I was considering um and that was until late high school when I decided that you know really wanted to give this American football thing a try so I decided to take a little take a break on soccer and just put all my effort and energy into football which you know I kind of thought about you know and if I was older if I would regret not taking that chance since I'd always had a passion for that as well um so yeah left soccer played football and stuck with it love that even more which is kind of crazy but uh that led me to playing football for two years, varsity, uh, doing as much as I could do with it in the time that I had. Um, kind of wish I started earlier, but I got no regrets. It was amazing. Uh, and kind of tried to train for a college level as well, um, but then I ended up going to a community college, so, you know, football is not really existent there, so I kind of let that, let that die. Um, yeah, so that takes me to, I guess, you know, ending my high school days there you know playing football uh you know still school was always just kind of a second nature it was all about sports all about outdoors and stuff so that led me to going to a city college down in Santa Barbara California which is kind of in this you know center center coast central coast of California um beautiful area I was living in the number one party school town in the country uh what was that uh, Isla Vista. Okay. Yeah, Isla Vista, California. I don't know if anyone who's listening will know where I'm, what I'm talking about, but if you do, you know. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing, crazy, but uh, it definitely led to a 
too much of it, you know. Bit of a burnout. Bit of a burnout. Crazy life, you know, crazy lifestyle. You wake up, you go to class, you, you know, you come home, you do your homework, and then, you know, you just get into it with your buddies and stuff. You start drinking, partying, hitting the town and stuff like that, going to get food, eating food that's not good for you, you know. I guess definitely grew up a meat eater. Uh, never, never had a diet. It was just always whatever. Was, what is? Yeah, whatever's there. Um, you know, and that was just the way I grew up. Like most of us grew up, right? Um, so yeah, it led to about going to going to this community college for just about a year, studying business. That was what I had in mind. That was my vision for the rest of my life to be a businessman. Um, definitely more of the entrepreneurial side. I kind of knew that that was the way I wanted to go, but you know, I knew I had to go to business school. Or at least that's what I thought. Um, and then, yeah, so after about a, just, a, just almost a year, um, got to a point where I just was not happy at all. I didn't like the classes I was taking. I didn't like the people I was hanging around and I definitely did not like the lifestyle that I was adapting. I really felt like my body was kind of, I was losing my body a little bit, especially growing up as, you know, I mentioned as an athlete, never had to worry about anything. My body was always on point. Um, you know, there was just never anything to worry about. And then second you get into an environment where you're not active as much as you were and you're eating definitely nowhere near as healthy as you you once were as well I mean it just starts you know month after month you start piling up realize you've gained some weight you don't really have that same balance in your life so low energy low energy for sure like just wanting to sleep in every day not having like not having anything to get up for I guess that you're super excited about <clears throat> so that yeah definitely so I just decided like I'm just gonna come I'm just gonna go home and try to figure something out no no real plan or anything I just knew that I couldn't be there anymore I had to I had to leave um so I l- went back home and with the main and main goal is just to kind of start start small one day at a time and try to get better or whatever at this whole life thing that led to just eating healthier I think my first step was like, you know, I cut out red meats and stuff like that. And I was just going to eat like uh, I started making smoothies. Smoothies was probably the main thing for me that got me going. Um, So I'd make a green smoothie every single day. Every morning when I woke up, it was a green smoothie, spinach, kale, cucumbers, anything I could find, you know, spirulina powder, all that good stuff. Just detoxing. Yeah, exactly. So I would I would start that for, you know. One a day, and, you know, at the time I was still eating, I think, you know, white meats, chicken, stuff like that. I was never a fish guy. I never enjoyed seafood, so that was never even a question. I was I was eating eggs and stuff, thinking that this was, you know, and I did, I definitely started feeling healthier, but then I started to realize, all right, I'm feeling healthier because it's, you know, I've been taking a lot more vegetables and fruits than I have been in the past, and um, just getting back to myself, and then that led me to... Uh, watching forks over knives and you just mentioned you uh talked to the creator of all that so that's uh pretty amazing um he's i don't know if he's the creator well he's one of the one of the main it. one of the main guys yep, yeah yeah exactly. it's been i think it's been about four or five years since i've seen the yep. movie but yeah um so that led me is this all on your own is there any you know any group of friends um that you were hanging out with that got I, you on that track or was this hmm. a personal kind of endeavor just to get healthier and you Pretty came across much a it? personal endeavor yeah yeah although i have to admit like my dad did recommend uh watching that movie that movie he had huh. watched it he wasn't vegan by any means but he had watched it at one point and 
realized kind of I guess he maybe he saw from a you know the out, outside in what the path I was going on so he recommended the movie and I swear I watched it late at night one time and the next morning I considered myself a vegan it's never gonna go back um so it was kind of I don't want to say cold turkey because it was kind of a slow progression smoothies and stuff like that but it definitely led to you knew you were gonna get there. Uh, yeah I knew it for yeah. sure and I think the next day I got rid of everything and I never touched meat ever since Um, so it was super easy for me. I think, I think a lot of people struggle with it sometimes, you know, I don't know. I can't really relate to them because I never did. Um, so that led to just continuing the smoothie grind, learning about, you know, going to all the healthy food stores and learning about what else I can make, how to make veggie, you know, burgers, veggie burgers taste amazing. What kind of sauces are vegan, all that kind of stuff. Learned about the amazing, what you can do with avocados. <laughs> avocados are a staple to my diet for sure <laughs> in every meal. Um, yeah, and so I guess that's my health journey. Um, that's cool. Yeah. I think um, I can probably draw some parallels there from what you've just explained with your health journey and also your career You know, on the on the photography side of things. It sounds like you're not someone who is easily dragged by the crowd, maybe for a short period of time in Isla Vista. It sounds Mm -hmm. like, you know, but everyone, I suppose everyone has that, that period of time in their life where, you know, you go out, definitely might party a little too hard, enjoy yourself. As you said before, I don't think there's any regrets there. No, not at all. It almost sets the foundation for the, the path that, think so you're about to go on yourself but um yeah no one's really no one in your social circle um was actually kind of molding you to to be healthier or to Mm -hmm. to start watching documentaries at a a young age what you were 18 at the time yep 18 yeah so maybe it's the west coast thing (laughs) maybe you guys are a little bit more health conscious out here but i think it's pretty cool that uh, you were able to get there yourself. It reminds me of my first guest, Pat McCauley. He is out on the on the East Coast um, in Boston. Exact same thing, man. Um, football in college, mm-hmm. eating a lot of, you know, meat for protein, um, you know, whey yep. smoothie shakes, yep. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but the thing that was got him on the road was one green smoothie a day. That's awesome. So it definitely reminds me of that. Um, but it sounds like you became a little clearer in mm-hmm. definitely you know uh, in your body your mind and, and and what you what you really wanted to do you knew it wasn't business you came home gave yourself the time um to to get to get healthier mm-hmm. what happened after that was there i suppose did you find the thing that you wanted to to pursue straight away how did you get into photography and when did you actually start to pick up a camera? Yeah, okay. So, let's see. Definitely didn't find photography for a couple years um, after leaving school. I kind of jumped into real estate as it was comfortable for me. My father uh, has always been into real estate in the investment side of things and I kind of naturally grew up uh you know, helping him out. He would take me to the, whatever property he was working on and, you know, I would help set up things, paint, b- 
build cabinets, stuff like that, just little things I could help with. So I kind of grew up, I was familiar with it, um, and he had always kind of given me hints and tips and taught me the business side of things of it. So I went in and kind of was able to flip a house on my own, in a, you know, keep the story short, short story short. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess within, within 10 months, I'd done two of them, and I realized that, um, okay, I'm going to get my real estate license. I did two real estate endeavors without a real estate license, without prior experience. Maybe this is what I could do. So I went. Do you want to go into it a little bit? Just about sure. um, where you were looking for property mm-hmm. and just a little bit of you know how it works. Purchasing. Yeah. So I guess in the gist of it, I mean, I feel like, you know, most of us have seen those real estate channels. You know, they watch the couples flip homes and stuff. It's oddly very accurate. You know, you look in a place in a rundown neighborhood. Well, in a decent neighborhood, but you look for the most rundown property and because that's where you're going to find your value, right? You're going to find a property that has potential that is undervalued that you can bring to value, and that's where you make your profit. So I guess I did my scouting on Craigslist on all the real estate sites, um, and I found, you know, I kind of, I knew that as as my first one, I couldn't come into a nice neighborhood. I couldn't I didn't have a lot of money. I couldn't get a big investment as it was just my first time. So I kind of pinned one of the most, you know, undervalued places in Northern California, a little town just outside of Sacramento, um, which was two hours from where I lived. So it was definitely quite the commute each day. Um, but I ended up going through with it, and it was probably the most rewarding experience, one of the most rewarding experiences that I've experienced to this day. Um and, you know, just, I guess, a day in the life would be driving up there at 5 a.m., getting there by 7. Um, I hired a contractor to kind of help me through as I really didn't have expert-level experience. Just I would consider myself, you know, I just had, you know, with as I said, I just helped my father out with some things. So I definitely, you know, just basic knowledge on construction and stuff like that. So hired a contractor, so I would meet with him in the morning. We would go out to Home Depot and get supplies, um, and then we would come back and start the project, start whatever we were doing that day. So it was just kind of a checklist of things that we had to do each day that I had set from the beginning. Um, you know, I had to follow the budget pretty strict on because it was a small property, small profit margin. Um, so I knew that I couldn't go over the budget at all. Otherwise, you know, profit would become much smaller, and the goal was profit. So... Uh, and then I think the coolest thing that I took out of that experience was who we sold it to. It was a lady who desperately needed a place to live, an affordable place to live. Um, she had just gotten diagnosed with like cancer and she was like, she had just gotten like kicked out of her previous place and she was looking for, you know, a cheaper neighborhood, cheaper place. And, you know, she didn't have to choose our place. Our place wasn't, you know, we didn't give her a deal or anything because that's, you know, you don't do that in real estate, but we were able to provide a safe living place that we fixed up. And it was just a great feeling to, you know, know that someone's going to enjoy the place that you just put together. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty humbling and really amazing. Um, so that was kind of short story. And of, that was number one? That was number one. Okay. That was number one. So at this point, you're just looking to yeah, at the, stay active, exactly, stay the, busy. Stay busy. At the same time, doing all this, I was working at a 
healthy grocery store. Okay. Um, pretty much like a imagine a smaller Whole Foods. So, Got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So, um, you know, as you're not at school, you've got a part-time job, you're really just looking to save. Yep. Really cool way to do it. I think, you know, committing yourself to a project like that, um, it involved, I'm assuming that involved, you know, a lot of hard work, dedication, consistency, yeah, definitely. persistence, all those things that kind of help us to, mm-hmm. to get... Absolutely. Uh, to get on the roll with whatever you're, you know, whatever you're looking to do in life, it's it's going to require all of those things that you, um, yeah, that you did on the on those projects. So how many did you do all up? How many houses did you so buy and and renovate? I've just done, I've done two. Okay, I've done two. Yeah, with the goal at the time was always just kind of I was going to keep getting into it and keep doing it. Um, but right along the time of the the ending of when I finished the second one um, that was kind of in the time where I was starting to really travel a lot more and I think that's when I picked up the camera for the first time cool so who was there a person that kind of got you on that track or was it the travel itself that you're like was, oh I'm in beautiful it was places the travel itself and I think this was back in the day where I just had a personal Instagram account nothing you know I wasn't didn't ever imagine Instagram could be anything more than just sharing your personal photos. Um, but I think I, you know, you see pictures and stuff that you're like, wow, that's amazing, beautiful and stuff. I would like to be able to capture something like that on my travels. So that's what got me into um, bringing the camera on a big trip to Europe. I was there for a month one time, and I just remember everywhere I would go I would stop and just pull my camera out and try to capture it create creatively I guess it was the first time where I thought about you know I I guess my creative mind kicked in you know where you get low get a unique angle get low get a unique angle um you know you think about the framing of an image rather than just kind of being like okay here's where I'm looking at pull the camera up fire away and that's it where it's just kind of more of a touristy vibe but uh no i never thought of a camera like that i the first time you know when i first brought my camera on the trip it was always just kind of instantly trying to get creative with it and i think that's what when i realized like okay this is really cool and i remember coming home and just want to stop you there so that trip you were talking about is that the one you mm-hmm. went to in iceland no this no was different about a year Europe trip? before okay yeah cool. this was about a year before and yeah so after that trip I came home. I actually didn't touch the camera for a bit after that because I was just busy. Um, but then I kind of met some friends and we started like a kind of like an, a photography community off. It wasn't on Instagram. It was kind of more just like through a little uh, through WhatsApp, you know, where there was about 20 of us. And we all just were kind of in our beginning stages as well. And so we would just talk, collaborate, teach, you know, give out pointers, this and that, share experiences and stuff. And I think that's what really, really helped me stay consistent, go out and create images and stuff. And uh, I think that was the first time, you know, when I look back on how did you get involved in Instagram, how did you get involved in, you know, even thinking about, you know, building a following and creating stuff like that. It was this little group that I was in. Um, I would call that, that was like my foundation and stuff. And, that faded after about six months, but by that time I was already full on in it. I had just met 
um, you had just met my friend David in there. He was one of the first guys in the Bay Area that I met that was also into photography, along with uh, four other people who we kind of were all in their beginning stages. And um, I won't list the names right here, but we all have kind of grown within the community um, in San Francisco and have all made kind of a little name for ourselves. I don't want to say big name because we're all, I consider us, you know, we're still starting out starting out yep. to a sense. Um, but we definitely made a little name for ourselves out here, and that's kind of cool. Um, it's a cool thing. It's a hard thing to grasp, but it's kind of cool. Um, so how do you, I mean, <clears throat> it sounds like community is a huge part of, big part of of why you're doing it mm-hmm. and big part you know why you're at where you are today mm-hmm. what do you think the community brings to the activity itself so like yeah. you know obviously you enjoy photography but does it bring it to a new level for you being able to go out and do it oh, with yeah. your friends travel with friends definitely bring models definitely um, so and well first and work before with them. i get into that i'll say that I think there's two sides of photography. Mm-hmm. There's the side where you are out on your own. It's peaceful. It's Agreed. just, you know, you're in your zone. And I love that side of it as well. I try to go out as much as I can on my own. Um, but if I had to choose between going on a trip that was based on photography by myself or with a group of people... I would always choose the group of people. There's just something special about going out and experiencing an amazing moment. Like when you go somewhere incredible, like let's say Arches National Park and you're at uh, you know, a famous spot or whatever, but then this amazing sunset or sun- sunrise happens, something super unique, and you experience it with a couple people, a couple close friends, you know, there's just nothing better than being able to look at your friend and just your jaw drops and you're just like, Oh my God, what is happening right now? And you run around like a little chicken with its head cut off because <laughs> you're just so stoked. And I think sharing that experience with people is absolutely incredible. Um, so I think that's my favorite part. My favorite part of photography is road trips. The whole idea of just being in the car, jamming out to tunes, getting to a cool location, going on a hike with your friends at 4 a.m. in the morning to get there by 7 a.m. for sunrise, uh, that part of photography is my favorite, and I, that doing that with a close group of friends or new friends is the best part about it. Um, and so I would say community is what definitely drives me. Um, I love collaborating with people. I love um, learning from people. I love sitting down and someone teaching me. But I also love you know what I if I there's there's something I can teach someone. I love to be able to do that as well. And I think uh, community is the best way to do that. Dope, man. That's yeah. really cool. So from the WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. where did it all kind of go from there? Because it, it sounds like you've you've developed your own mm-hmm. Bay Shooters yeah. community. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't, you know, I'm just a part of the okay. group that's developing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll let you roll from, from there. So where did it all kind of go from that first trip in Europe um and to yeah to how you've refined your skills how you've developed your skills because obviously picking up a camera can be kind of daunting can't it It you're looking at yeah all these like manual mode and aperture and shutter speed becomes like is this math is this science what's going on here yeah it's definitely something that can stop people from taking it further because you know 
a camera is a complex thing. It's very technical. And if you don't possess the knowledge and skills, the, there's nowhere to really go. Um, but I think what changed for me is just doing it every single day. And if I had a question on the certain settings, you know, thank God for the internet, you just look it up and it's a quick fix. Yep. It's a quick, quick fix. Did you begin shooting just auto mode or were you straight into manual? Definitely auto. auto. When I first went to that yep. Europe trip, it was all auto. Interesting. Yeah, it was like just put on the little turn the uh, knob to landscape mode yep. and that was all I did. Okay. Um, and then it, you know, it wasn't until I joined that WhatsApp group of fr- uh, with a little group of friends that I learned about manual mode. I learned about changing my settings from shooting in JPEG to RAW. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it was just one little thing at a time I learned um, that led to me kind of, you know, just taking it to the next level. You know, learning the ins and out of the camera. I think definitely when I have to look at some of the people who I back in that WhatsApp group who I still t- stay in touch with, I'm probably the only person that still picks up a camera on a daily basis um, and probably still has the vision of taking this full time. I'm probably the only one from that group, uh, which is, you know, I suppose that's yeah. it. With anything like that, if you join a sports club, mm-hmm. a sports team, yeah, there you, might be one person within the group only, who goes yeah. and takes it to the next level. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I suppose that's. Yeah, I, I think that that happens yeah. in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is one person that tends to definitely to take it to the next level. Um, definitely, and I can't say it was anything. There were definitely better photographers in that group, better creators. Mm. I just loved it more, I guess. Interesting you know? <laughs> that you, you bring up that kind of, uh-huh. that part of it. So last night I watched uh, the Rich Roll podcast with Jimmy Chin. Oh, okay. Yeah. And awesome. he was Two talking, <laughs> he was talking about Alex Honnold mm-hmm. and that, you know, he, he's the man that free soloed El Cap, mm-hmm. just a feat almost one of, if not the most amazing athletic feat of all time to date. I know we're used to watching football players and, um, you know, soccer players. And yeah. we might want to compare the people that are in those sports. But when you break Definitely. it down and what he's done, it, you know, no a triathlete doesn't go into the triathlon going, okay, if I don't win, I die. Yeah. But what he said was that Alex is not, you know, he's not the best climber in his group. It's his mental attitude and his mental oh, yeah. strength that sets him apart. It's his dedication to his craft that sets him apart from each and every other climber um, in the pro circuit. Uh, and that's what really enables him to do that. So exactly what you're just kind of referring to. We all were talented photographers but you've got the camera in your hand every day. Mm-hmm. So is that another part of it that you would recommend to anyone? Because there are a lot of people... Yeah. I suppose Instagram has kind of brought out the creative side of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think we're all creative beings. Yeah, absolutely. People inherently... Like, you want to be creative. I think, it's in, I think a lot of us suppress it. Mm-hmm. We work at a desk all day. 
I know the feeling. You work at a desk all day. The last thing you want to do when you get home <laughs> is be creative. Yeah. You want to go, you know, slouch on the couch and, and watch a movie. Yeah. and But then you, you get into this rhythm and you do it all again. Mm-hmm. But for those people that are searching for their creative side um, through photography, is doing the, you know, the action of doing the repetitiveness every day camera in hand is that what i suppose ended up really being the teacher you didn't really need school to learn Mm -hmm. yeah it was all there absolutely on youtube and you kind of just develop those skills by by shooting every day yeah when you're out there shooting every day and you're just learning by trial and error you go out one day and you're shooting in a certain scenario and you come back and you look at your shots and you're like, Hmm, I think I messed this one up. You know, it doesn't seem right. You kind of start searching on the internet, searching, asking questions, you know, Googling what you could have done better. And you'll usually find a video or an article on that specific subject and how to, how to approach it. And then the next time you go out, which could be the next day or, you know, whenever that, scenario happens again you're ready for it and i think that's a big part of the learning curve you just have to do it every day you have to be so familiar with your camera that when something happens it's just it, you don't even think about it it's, it's just second sub, nature to yep, you know yep to move your shutter speed aperture and iso all at the same time to get to be ready you know because some things happen in nature, especially, you know, as a landscape adventure photographer, photographer, something happens in nature, it could happen for 20 seconds and be gone. Yep. So you have just a millisecond to get ready and then take a couple shots, frame up, and then it could be over, you know. Definitely. So I think being so familiar with your camera to a point where you can shoot in any condition, any scenario, and still come out with an amazing shot is the goal and that comes from shooting every single day got it yeah and if you can't shoot every day you better be editing every day something creatively something that's going to help you progress has to be every day so that's uh, probably another part of creating the image Mm -hmm. um i know you were you were the person that got me shooting raw that was something i had no idea about and that's where again community helps because exactly. you're able to learn from other people you ask questions yeah mm-hmm. i suppose you know we were talking about this before as well but it doesn't matter if you've got you know a hundred thousand followers or you've got 10 mm-hmm. you're always able to reach out to someone and ask exactly. them a question exactly you know, people are just people we're able to exactly that's what it's there for i think i think we forget that social media was probably initially there for for us to connect and talk mm-hmm. and um, and use it for exactly that. But yeah, you got me onto the raw, um, shooting in raw. So do you want to go into that a little bit? Like why shooting yeah. in raw is helpful? Um, <clears throat> and then into the editing process. Cause I suppose that's where the magic kind of happens. You're able to bring a photo to life, especially on Instagram. Yeah. You know, when Instagram, you people are scrolling through, you got to have something that pops on the feed. And that's definitely, I think where editing takes its place, but yeah, to go into, camera settings the difference between shooting jpeg and shooting raw when you are focused on editing um 
you can do a lot more with an image. So JPEG kind of keeps a smaller file, whereas RAW opens that file up. And as you import it into Lightroom or you know whatever software you use to edit a photo, you don't lose quality of that photo. You can you can mess with it when it comes to the tones, the exposure, the shadows. You can stretch it to a much further distance than you'd be able to stretch it with it as a JPEG. So I always recommend when someone's starting out or when someone is just, you know, has a question about photography, just the number one thing is just switch your camera to raw, to raw you'll and just leave it there um, until you get into product photography and where you're taking a couple thousand photos a day on something that's very sim flat light. You know, it's just the same lighting scenario. Then, you know, that's, a, that's when you're a professional. You can worry about bringing it back down to JPEG. Um, but at the first, your first steps, keeping it in RAW will always help you bring back an image. Let's say you overexpose something slightly or you underexpose something slightly out in the, you know, wherever you're shooting. When you come back in and you're editing, you'll be able to fix that if you're shooting in RAW. If you're shooting in JPEG, you know, there won't be much you can do. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, that was interesting to me. I really had no idea. Yeah, I had no clue. Same. I remember the first day I found out about it, it was my friend Gus. Um, yeah, yeah, he taught me one day, and I was like, "Wow, awesome!" So it's a quick fix, and then when quick you bring fix. it into mm -hmm. your editing software, yeah, um, that's where you're able to. It is cool. It's a lot of fun. You you were the person who taught me a few tricks on Lightroom, and mm -hmm. um, I suppose I liked your style. That was. And everyone, there are a lot of different yeah. styles of, of, of how to edit. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But I was drawn to your style. I, you know, recently met you and I was like, let's ask him and see, yeah. you know, if we can tee up a, uh, a quick lesson. So uh -huh. you just, we just screen shared on Skype and mm -hmm. it makes an amazing difference to the image or to the end product of an image. Oh yeah. So where did you learn the editing process? Cause it, it, you know, I was probably mm -hmm. using Lightroom very differently to how I do now for yeah. pro probably a, a good year before mm -hmm. I, I started to learn more definitely more deeply about it. Um, so I think there's a few things that you can do. Kind of piggies back on doing it every day. <laughs> you yep. know, playing with it, knowing where you can, how you can push an image, and what are the limitations. Um, so just everyday use experience um is the number one number two is using youtube there are so many creators out there amazing creators who have hundreds of thousands of millions millions of followers who are you know have been professional photographers for years and years and years so they give out free information on youtube all the time and i would say take advantage of that they will teach you how they edit their photos for free there is no better place it's just the willingness are you going to type in you know what you want to learn and you're going to watch the whole video and you know i recommend edit your photo while you're watching the video it's the best way to kind of learn that learn what's going learn what's going on and everything else um and then i think lastly when you start to create a community in your area with other photographers have editing sessions I've learned so much from editing sessions, just being with my buddies, being with people who I know are better than me, um, and be people who I know could use some work because you kind of get the full circle. You can teach someone who has a question for you, and you can learn someone from who's a little bit better than you. And you just share ideas, and when you have that community and you're, and you're friends with these people, people are willing to give you whatever information you need that's going to help you. You know, we're like you said, we're all human beings. 
we at the core we i think we want to help uh when we're in a good state of mind and i think that's the most important thing couldn't so. agree more man i think what you've just said is um transferable on on whatever you're working on out mm-hmm. there you know it doesn't have to be photography yeah um yeah really good lessons there you you're able to teach people who have questions for you mm-hmm. and um there's always going to be someone that's better than you exactly you've got to eat that exactly. and understand that exactly. and you know you're yeah you're not ever really going to be the best at Never, what you do you, ever and that's definitely where but you gotta the beauty it. of it is yeah. you can learn from those people exactly so um exactly. if you're willing to listen mm-hmm. uh you're able to apply it to your own yeah your own craft you gotta drop the ego accept that this person has something to teach you and will help you love it yeah that's really cool so i suppose something on instagram um uh, that might be uh, something that is out there that people think oh the you know the images has been edited mm-hmm. and it doesn't look anything like you know what it really should look like yeah. or um or oh, that image has been edited you know it's it's a misrepresentation of Definitely. of what really um what it really looks like what do you think of that because so that's a great question yeah i think that's something that most people think about um i think it comes down to being transparent you know you have certain different type of creators art is what people believe to be their you know in their own way so someone their who expression. likes exactly it's their expression if someone who likes to manipulate colors and tones and um, you know, put something that in the image that wasn't there before just because it's more aesthetically pleasing to them. I say, I mean, there's how can you say no to something like that as long as they're transparent about it? They're not trying to be like, this is what it looked like. You know, this is, you know, you have to always include that you're like a digital artist, you know, especially on Instagram when someone who sees so many images a day, it's, it's pretty easy to pick out and choose like, oh, and see like, okay, this is definitely, you know, especially when you start traveling, you've been to these places, you know, okay, that's not real. As long as that person's not out there pretending to be some National Geographic photographer, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I think it's just each one's art. Um, you know, there, it, there's different type of photographers. There's photographers that enjoy coming into Lightroom and Photoshop and manipulating the photo to put their own aesthetic touch to it. And then there's the Nat Geo photographers who are just all about natural. They barely touch it and that maybe they don't even edit the images, you know, they're out there shooting stuff and they'll present it just as it was. And I think it's two sides of it that are really cool. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a cool message. Um, I think Instagram has its pluses mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's obvious negatives as well, but we do see we're inundated with, with images every day. Yeah, I think it's easy for to forget that it is that creator's artwork mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's it's, yeah. it's their freedom to to create and yeah, we should definitely remember that even if it is an edited image, it's it's the way they want it to look. It's uh it's how exactly. they ex- express, you know, themselves through through photography. So yeah, definitely a a good message for people out there mm-hmm. that maybe do judge or don't think it's 100 percent natural or the way to go about things i suppose yeah so 
another frequent question that is out there is is the equipment side of things. Mm-hmm. What did you kind of start out with? And did you have any questions? Did, were you questioning yourself? You know, at what point you need to upgrade equipment or was it always a thing like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that? Because yeah. there's so many products out there that, yeah. uh, again, they're always going to be probably better than than the one thing you do exactly currently own um so did you go out there and you know purchase the the flashiest camera you could you could find straight off the bat or no absolutely not yeah no absolutely not i started out with a hand-me-down camera um i think my father bought a camera way back in the day and with the intention of doing something with it but it just sat in a closet and was never touched so when i started to get into photography um kind of just took it and started taking photos with it. So this was a Canon T3i Rebel. Um, super basic intro to photography beginner camera. And I just had the kit lens on it, which is like an 18 to 55 millimeter lens, I think, and crop sensor and stuff. So that's what I worked with for about a year. Um, I went out and I never had any complaints. I never, because I was learning. It was all beginning to me. So every time I created an image that was new, I was excited um it was i didn't you know there was nothing i didn't feel like i was being held back in at, at all because i think i was just focusing on the basics you know composition lighting correct exposure and stuff like that and it wasn't until i got that stuff down when i started to think about what more i could be doing and stuff like that um that led me to start thinking about an upgrade to a full frame, to a camera with a higher megapixel count, um, to a camera with more settings, uh, more ISO capabilities, um, a camera that could work better shooting at nighttime. You know, there's things that upgraded cameras will help you do better, but it definitely is not something that one needs to get right off the bat because you just need to learn, and you can learn from any camera. so yeah, and even to this day, I don't shoot with the classiest camera. I, ha- I My first upgrade was to a Canon 6D, which is the most entry-level full-frame camera on the market right now. And I have, and at, first of all, I bought it used. I buy all my camera equipment used. Um, and I have used it to this day. Well, I broke that one, and I got another one. Um, yeah, I've never had a complaint with it. I love it to death. I love the coloring, the color space on it. I love the way it, warps light um yeah cool and this is an entry-level camera that you can get for under a thousand dollars nice yeah so so you're a canon guy canon gang for life so <laughs> i suppose there's a i suppose a canon nikon kind of um i suppose they're the the or oh, canon nikon sony i think you have to put sony in yeah i think actually it's more canon versus sony at the moment okay it used to be canon versus nikon yep I think the only people I know who work with Nikon are like older folk. Um, you know, the people, you know, yep, who have been photographers, photographers for, a for a while or someone who just kind of got a, a Nikon put in their hands or yep. whatever. Or, you know, I, I just don't hear today of anyone going out and still purchasing Nikon cameras. Yep. Not that they're bad i know the nikon 750d and 850d are absolutely insane and i know a few buddies who work with those cameras and produce better images and competitive images to anybody 
Um, I think it's just kind of like who's marketing better right now. Probably. I, I, I suppose that's probably at the end of the yeah, day. I think Sony is marketing the best. I think most more people have a Sony than any other camera at the moment. And I think Canon still markets pretty well, but I just maybe just it's a personal thing. I just don't see an icon marketing ever. I've never been compelled to kind of be interested in it. Um, I think that's the only thing that, to that. That's an interesting um, interesting point. Mm-hmm. All good cameras. But All I think you're cameras. right. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I use a Nikon myself, uh-huh. but really the only reason was because the hand-me-down mm-hmm. camera that we got yeah. um, in the beginning was a Nikon. Okay. And we bought another lens. Yeah. So kind of kept to really game. push that yeah. camera mm-hmm. as far as it could go, and then once I bought the lens, I was like, "Well, yeah, I may as well just continue with it." So that's where we went with that. But I've definitely noticed Sony upping their game. A lot of people shoot with Canon. Yeah. What are the two main differences about Sony and Canon right now? Uh, well, Sony's the master for mirrorless. So whoever goes to Sony right now is getting a mirrorless camera. Nobody. That's the trend, and I can see why. The megapixels are... They're blowing Canon and Nikon out of the roof. Um, The... Just image quality, I think, is at a very high level, um, where they're kind of beating Canon and Nikon at that level, at, you know, that point of the game as well. Um... The body's a little bit smaller. It's smaller, more compact, lighter weight. Um, and they've, like, coming back to community, Sony's built a community around their company and around their cameras, around their photography, right? Sony's a giant company that does a million different things, but photography being, they've built this community called Sony Alpha, and they host events. They let any photographer in the area come for free, rent out their cameras, enjoy free food. They provide, like, professional models to everyone get experience to shoot with. And besides that, like, on Instagram, they're an amazing community. You know, they're always willing to bring people in. Um, So they're really killing it in that part of the game, and that's just something I have not seen from Canon or Nikon. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I've definitely noticed that. I think I got an email from someone Mm -hmm. uh, at Sony that was like, oh, we've got an event in Boston. Unfortunately, they did have one just recently. We, exactly, we we were on the road, so we couldn't go. But um, that was one thing that caught my attention. You know, they really are building a community around their cameras, around their shooters. There's definitely people in the Boston area um, that are Sony Mm -hmm. shooters. I think you mentioned one of the girl's names to me when I was starting out. Okay. Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. I can't put my finger on the name as well. Yeah. I know who you're exactly no, I never caught about. up with her, but she, yeah, she does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Really cool images. So, would you recommend, would you have a recommendation um, for going either which way? right now if you had to choose if i was just starting out i would probably want someone to lead me towards sony just because i think they're leading technology wise they're leading the way they have the best community i think more people are shooting on them now more people are excited about it it's easier to learn and when more people have that camera and those lenses when you're out shooting with friends if you don't have a lens and they do 
there's a nice trade system. You can borrow a lens, see how it works. Uh, that's how I used to feel about Canon whenever I was out with friends and stuff. You know, if you don't have a certain lens, you can borrow one from someone else. So it's kind of great to be shooting with people who are using the same setup as you, as you can kind of use that trade system and stuff. Um, Very cool. Yeah, so that's I would recommend that. And, I mean, they're leading the mirrorless game. No, Nikon and Canon have both come out with mirrorless yep. cameras, but they're just it was kind of a weak approach to it i was expecting a lot more and sony has just absolutely proved again why they are the leading force in mirrorless got it got it yeah that's something to think about for for people out there in mm -hmm. terms of because once you do kind of go with the body yeah exactly and, well, probably more the lenses as well because they're, mm -hmm. they're quite expensive but once you start um adding different lenses to your kit it's hard to then go back exactly. and um and exactly. switch it up yeah i mean you can always sell everything exactly. but um, and once you learn the inside of a camera whatever you know when you upgrade and stuff it's going to be very similar if you stick with the same company i'm so in love with canon that to think about the internal uh ways of sony you know i just that's not it's not enough for me to switch over yep. at the moment yeah, we'll see where the we'll the see. future kind of goes with that. <laughs> Can never tell. So cool. So through self development, um, you've been able to to create some really amazing images. Was the was the Iceland trip a big one for you in terms of again pushing the creative boundary? Um, oh yeah. Incorporating more travel into your into your life, meeting new people. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you tee up that Iceland trip? That Iceland trip actually was a group of people from that WhatsApp group was what made up that Ice that Iceland trip. Um, people who I I'd met one of them in person before, and the rest of them I had just been in contact through social media and through WhatsApp for you know six to nine months, and then we ended up just all through the passion of photography. We all just decided to cruise on over and create an epic trip out of it all, um, and. It was just an exciting trip. We didn't... It's hard to put in words, but when you're out there and you have the freedom just to go anywhere you want and just create, take photos, go on adventures and stuff, it's definitely something that inspires you. And for me, already knowing that I love travel and it was just another... It was like, you know... A good pairing. A good pairing, exactly. And knowing what's possible, right? Knowing that these type of trips can be done all the time if you want them to. Um, I think it was a big, big step. And also when you go to a new place and you're shooting something different, it teaches you a lot, you know? I think it teaches you a lot how to work on composition when you're experiencing different weather that you're not used to. Iceland definitely helps. Exactly. Crazy <laughs> weather. Yeah. Yeah. One moment it's raining and hailing, the next it's sunny. Yep. You never know. Um, I think it's so important, you know, learning about cultures and stuff. It just makes you more a well-rounded person and a more well-rounded photographer. Something you alluded to there was the knowing it's possible. Mm -hmm. I think when we're sitting back in our armchairs at home and wishing that we were mm -hmm. able to do that, yeah, it's it's sometimes as simple as just getting up, you know, making the purchase of a ticket, yep, bringing your camera, going with friends. Yep. organizing a trip and doing it and going, oh, hey, yeah. you know, it's a lot easier than you thought. If I like this, why mm -hmm. can't I make this happen 
more? Exactly. Why can't I incorporate this, this into my life? So clearly that was a catalyst for you, seeing that it's possible. Yeah. Oh, hey, I can actually, I can do a whole lot more of this. Oh, yeah. And since that trip, you've definitely been traveling a ton, at least around around the States. Yeah. Um, so I suppose rounding this out, how how have you started to make this more of a of a real career or a, you know um your work you, you know to to earn income to um to work with companies um where do you see yourself going with it and i suppose firstly um how did you start to uh to generate a following and an income doing this work mm-hmm so I think what helped me first work with a few c- companies was definitely Instagram. It was the fact that I had a good five to 10,000 followers in my beginning stages. And I definitely, within those five to 10,000 followers, I had a pretty good engagement rate. And uh, I think that was important when uh talking with companies they would be able to see that and i had a business account so i could send them my statistics how many people view my post from that post how many people come to my page and stuff like that um and i think it was actually i actually got an email one time um from a small electronic company or not a small a decent sized company actually um and they just wanted to send me some products in exchange for photos and that was kind of my first uh first experience kind of like experience working with the business exactly exactly and you know it was kind of fun and i was super stoked so when i got the package i was like you know it felt like christmas morning a little bit um and then i just went out and kind of stuck to my same style because they reached out to me so i figured they like what i did so i'll just keep doing what i do and incorporate their products um and that worked really well they loved it they ended up sending me more stuff after that um and that led to me being like, okay, I'm going to email some more companies that I like. So I kind of, you know, me being the type of person that really loves the outdoors and nature, I kind of was looking like, looking around like, okay, what could I, what could I take on my adventures that I could just kind of naturally photograph? And it kind of turned out it was like backpacks, um, anything to have to do with like, you know, a cell phone case, uh, anything, anything that you would typically carry on yourself, boots, you know, on an adventure. Um, and so that stuff that you're actually going to use exactly. stuff that you want to use. Exactly. Yep. It, it would, I always kind of thought it would defeat the purpose of me getting the product that wouldn't really fit into place that I would have to go do something that I really wasn't already going to do, um, to do it. So I just figured to make it easier on myself, just get products that I would just naturally bring. Gotcha. Um, and so I think I definitely was first couple companies. It was just an exchange of product for photos, which I now think is a big no, no. Um, although I can't blame someone who's just starting out to agree to that. Um, why? Well, I mean, you know, you have to get experience and if you're a beginner photographer, you can't expect anyone to pay you. You know, you kind of have to, you need to build a portfolio and get a little bit of experience. So I think that, doing a product exchange for photos is the best way to do it. Um, so once you are more established, once why would you say it's a no-no? It's a no-no because you, once you're an established photographer, when you accept, when you say to a company that you will do a product exchange for photos, you are basically telling them that 
this is okay. And for someone who wants to make a full-time career in photography, there cannot be a company out there thinking that they can just get away with basically getting free photos because the products that they make really cost them nothing to make in the whole scheme of things. So when they send you it, it's nothing to them. They're just getting, you know, they're, they're, they're taking advantage of creators. Um, and I think when creators keep saying yes to them, it's just feeding, feeding them, feeding the beast, feeding yeah. the beast. And I think, you know, it's just a, when you become an established photographer, it's the worst thing you can do for the, for the industry. Yeah, it's true. I think for, for any creators, yeah. um, that, that are working mm-hmm. online. Um, yeah, building a portfolio is important. Getting some experience working with businesses is yeah. important. Um, but, you know, you should, you're creating work, you're putting work, you're putting time into this. Yeah. Um, and you deserve, I suppose you don't want to undersell yourself. Exactly. You deserve to be paid um, especially for, if you for think, your work. Especially if you think that what you're doing is, you know, it's up there in the you know in the industry you're creating solid work that's com- that's competitive and when you get to that level you know your your specialty you know you don't go to i don't know how to create like a comparison here but you know you go to a doctor's office right and you talk to the doctors like and you just say hey like you know you know you just give me this medicine you just look up, look at me real quick, but you know, I can't, I'll give I, you a Facebook review. Uh, I, I'll give can we a, do an exchange? Exactly. Can we do an exchange? Like how is that doctor supposed to feed his kids and family? If that's how the world worked, same with photographers, we're out there doing a lot of work. And a lot of it is like today I had to wake up at four thirty AM just to get here to shoot sunrise. And that's what a lot of photographers are doing. And we, what happened at sunrise? Yeah. Sunrise was a bust. It happens. So companies maybe don't realize how much work goes into it into the whole process, you know, hours upon hours on hours and hours of work and years and years and years of building up skill just to be able to photograph that their product. So I think that, you know, the industry needs to change and needs to realize that there is some serious value here. But you can also take ownership. Mm Mm-hmm. You can take ownership in your own. Exactly. Um, it starts with the way the you carry yourself. It's exactly. Start, if, if you're going to accept exactly. it, then of course the company is going to send you product for, exactly. for photo. But exactly. if you put your foot down, exactly. test the waters. Exactly. Put exactly. a number out there. Yep. Start negotiating. Yep. And it gets back to that. Once you know it's possible, yep. it then exactly. has a domino effect. Exactly. So you've experienced that. You've you've yes. gone through that. You've gone from you know product product exchanges yes. to now working with companies. Mm-hmm. Where do you see your Colin Creates Instagram page? Where do you see it taking you in 2019? You know, we're sitting here on Christmas Eve. You were just telling me about um, goal. You know, setting concrete mm-hmm. goals for the for the new year. Yep. Where do you want it to take you? I know you're a young guy, but um, you've put a lot of work into into your page and mm-hmm. your skills and, and where you're at today. Um, and you've experienced a lot. Yeah. You've traveled a lot. You've worked with a lot of people. You've built communities. Um, and I can definitely see that this is, this is where you want it to go. You're going down the track that you, mm-hmm. uh, that you want to go. You're not just mucking around. I'm sure some people probably ask you like, Oh, when are you going to get a real job, Colin? <laughs> but 
yeah where yeah. where is this going for you so this is going towards more of a full-time thing i think the second half of 2018 it became a much of a part-time part-time job and part-time income as well where this was able to help me pay bills and help me travel help me in life and i think now that i spent six months doing it i feel like i was doing it full-time but part-time income um i feel like 2019 is the time where i can really test the waters even more and figure out that this could be a full-time thing and learn how to do it year after year after year you know to where you know it's just life do you think people are are afraid of the work i think so i definitely think so i think i definitely get afraid too sometimes yep um who hasn't um but i think and you have certain days in your life right some days you don't feel like doing anything you you kind of fall into a uh little lazy hole or whatever but yeah because you know when you have a job i guess a nine to five job it's so easy just to go into your work you have to be there you're gonna get in trouble you're gonna lose your job if you don't go but someone who's trying to make it on freelance entrepreneur you know being kind of more entrepreneurial where it's it all depends on what you do each day it depends on how much money you're gonna make and how what your living is gonna be like it's easier to fall off a bit because it's not something that you have to do per se um so taking advantage of the good days to set yourself up for the bad days is really important um i don't know that's what i've experienced yeah Yeah. very nice man um so where can we catch you where can we find you um if we are on the west coast man how can we shoot with you um if you are traveling from anywhere south of canada north of mexico and west of colorado you can probably find me <laughs> <laughs> so where do we find you online uh well i, I do have a website uh com, um and then on instagram at colin creates cool yeah well man it's been a pleasure thanks for having um, me on. thank you for being you know i, I suppose somewhat a, a mentor for me in terms of uh, taking my photography to another level. Um, I've got plenty more to learn and a, and a lot more to experience myself, mm-hmm. but um, I think you, you've definitely helped me personally. Uh, I would recommend anyone, you know, reaching out to this guy because, yeah, he's yeah super happy to help out and he's really all about community uh, and, and, and building that and, and going on sick adventures. So hopefully we can... <laughs> We can set one up soon, uh, take this van with us and uh, hit the road. But yeah, really cool to hear about how you've really navigated this yourself. Um, yeah, I think it's you've done it a really cool way. Uh, the the house flipping really, I suppose, set the scene for you in mm-hmm. terms of laying down the foundations for what hard work is, is like. And then as you were hoping, you, you did find something that you were passionate about, even though, you know, you weren't really too sure if photography was, or you never really imagined that photography exactly. would, would be in in your future. So exactly. um, I'm glad you found the passion, man, because you're creating really cool work. Um, I hope 2019, you are, I, I have no doubt you'll be able to hit um, the goals that you, you're going to set yourself uh, in 2019. And yeah, I really hope that 
the people the the people listening the uh the listeners are able to to learn or learn a thing or two from uh from yourself and definitely go and check out his page because uh, i think once you start following you'll be you'll be hooked on his images and um yeah potentially buying a print for your for your living room <laughs> i think but thank you man really appreciate hey, it nice thanks to for see you me on. cool thanks mate cheers hey guys thanks for making it to the end of yet another episode of the veg talk podcast my major takeaway from this episode was community and Colin's quote about always being able to learn from those who have a more finely tuned skill set than you, but also being able to teach those who are coming to you looking for help. Go and find him on Instagram at colin.creates. That's two L's in Colin, and you will not regret it. I promise you that. His work is absolutely amazing. He's recently gone on a trip through Oregon and then another trip through Utah and Arizona. Some really amazing work that he's been putting up. Next week, we head down to Los Angeles to hear from Jackie Wasserman of the clothing company Beat by Beat. She's an amazing human. Anna and I really enjoyed catching up with her and I cannot wait to chat with you all again next week. Until then, it's bye for now, but you can find me at VegTalk on Instagram. That's V-E-D-G-E T-A-L-K If you do have any questions or guest recommendations please direct message me I really do appreciate it Have an awesome weekend guys